going to be in Genesis chapter 2, and we are uh, in a series that we're finishing up today called It's Complicated. Somebody say, it's complicated. Come on, somebody say it with your chest. Say, it's complicated. Yeah, I think, I think all of us can agree that we would just be honest and say relationships are complicated, right? No matter what kind of relationship we're talking about, co-worker, uh, marriage, uh, kids and parenting, friendships, they're all complicated. And I just believe, though, today I'm going to speak to kind of the single people in the house. Come on, where are my single people at? Wave your hands in the air like you just do care. Come on, somebody. If you don't like this service, I said it last week, we got two other services to choose from. Come on, somebody, right? You can uh, you can come to the other ones. And No, I'm just joking. But I, I just I want to speak to the single people. Now, listen to me. You may be married. You may have been married for a long time. You may be checking out right now. I actually think today what we're going to talk about actually can speak to you as well. And so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2. If you don't know where Genesis is, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. So the number 2, and we're going to be in verse number 5. All right, so Genesis 2, verse 5 through 7. We're going to skip a few verses. Uh, we're going to start, actually start in verse 7 through 9, skip a few verses. Then we'll be in verse 15 as well. I'm going to give you a chance to get there. If you're there already, say, I'm ready. If you need a second, somebody say, hold up. All right. Sounds like we're ready to go. I like it. Here we go. So Genesis chapter 2. One more time, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And then the Lord God planted a garden in, the Eden, in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. And the Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of, the, of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then jump down to verse 15, if you don't mind. Verse 15 says this, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden. Watch what he said. He gave him a job. He said to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except, somebody say except, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then watch what it says in verse 18. And this is actually what we started with last week. We're going to end with this week. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. All the ladies in the house said, Amen. Come on, somebody, right? Not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And we talked about it last week that God created Eve after that, and I'll just tell you that what we're going to talk about today, again, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you've been married a long time, whether you're single again, wherever you might be in this whole relationship thing, I just believe that God wants to speak to you today. So why don't we do this? Would you mind opening up your hands? Uh, just as a sign of saying, God, you can speak to me. Just open your hands up right there in front of you as we pray. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment today, invite you into this service. Everything about this service, may it glorify, honor, lift up, and praise your name, King Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, why don't you high-five your neighbor and say, you look good, and you sound good at church today, and go ahead and have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I love that. I love that, I love that, I love that. Well, hey, by a show of hands really quick, how many of us would say, and I know you said it, and we, we've already kind of agreed on it, how many of us would say, hey, you know what, relationships, they are complicated. Come on, wave at me if that's you and you realize that. Come on. I think all of us in the room, 
uh, can agree that guess what? It's complicated when it comes to our relationships. And again, why is that the case? I think it's the case because when you have a relationship, you have multiple people that are bringing multiple backgrounds into a relationship. And guess what? That just gets all complicated. Come on, somebody, right? And I think actually even from a very young age, I think we understand that relationships are complicated. I want to actually show you, maybe you've never seen these before. Has anybody ever seen these breakup letters that little kids write? Anybody ever seen them before? If you haven't, you're about to have a treat today because I think these are awesome. I want to read them to you, and I think they're incredible because guess what? Even kiddos realize that relationships, guess what? They's complicated, all right? Here's a couple of them. I want to read them to you. Uh, the first one, if you don't mind throwing it up there. Okay, from Delandre to, uh, I don't know how you say that or whoever, whatever. Watch what it says. I'm breaking up with you. P.S. Happy anniversary, though, one month. It's really hard to do this. Come on. How many of you know? They, they know it's complicated, right? Relationships, it's complicated. Okay, I, I think we got another one, a couple, two more. This one's my favorite, I think. Sean, I am breaking, B-R-A-K-I-N-G, right? Like you're, whoa, whoa. Okay, sorry. I am breaking up with you. You have not talked to me since the day you asked me out. That was three months ago. You need to get it together or you will never get married, and that would be sad. You should get married, just not to me, Rachel. Come on. Girl knows. Girl knows, don't she? Man, you better get it together. I can see her snapping right now, you know. They get it. It's complicated, right? I think they're understanding. Relationships are complicated. Last one is this. Once you see it, Brock, why do you not talk to me? Why does this happen to be the same? I mean, the boys don't talk to girls. I get it. Okay. Brock, why do you not talk to me? We have relationship. You see how they spelled it? I love it. Problems, okay? I don't want to get a divorce, but we might have to. I'm so sorry. Love, Paige. Right? A divorce, D-I-B-O-R-S, all right? <laughs> yeah. How many of us would agree one more time? Relationships are complicated, right? I think we can all understand that. And again, I think we can all understand it even from a very young age that relationships can be complicated. And again, what we're taught from Disney and what we're taught from everybody else is kind of this main theme and this main thing is like you got to find the right one. Y'all ever heard that before? Come on, you ever heard that before, anybody in the room? Yeah, you've heard you got to find the right one. And we, we actually set out from a very young age with a list. Come on, how many of y'all had a list growing up that you were like, boy, this is what I'm looking for in a man. This is what I'm looking for in a gal. Come on, be very honest in church. Come on, wave at me if that's you. You did. You had it, right? Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with having some standards, right? Like the first, you know, I think there's, that's a great thing. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I'll just tell you, I think we have these lists and we compile these lists because we're trying to find and figure out if there's someone, the right one that's out there for me, that's going to ultimately fix all of my problems. Come on, somebody, right? That's ultimately what we're thinking. They're going to they're gonna love me for me. They're going to love me in all of, my, all of my ways and all of my flaws. And that can be true in some ways. But what we think about when we think of a list is the fact that, hey, we want them to literally fix us, right? We really think that they're going to actually fix, I'm praying for this or I'm asking for that. And the problem with that is this, is that it puts the responsibility on somebody else instead of taking responsibility for myself. What happens is in relationships, we go through this cycle and we say, hey, i got to find the right someone. i got to fall in love with the right someone. I'm going to fix all of my hopes and dreams on that someone. And then if it happens to fail, guess what? We're just going to repeat steps of one, two, three, five. Sorry, just nobody knows that song, old school song. 
Yeah, but, but what we do, that's relationships. That's what we do. When it doesn't work out, we just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. And so often, it's about what we're getting when really we should be asking the question, who am I becoming? Right? If you want to ask a question today when it comes to relationships as a whole, I want you to become the right someone. I want to ask you to ask the question, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Because the Word of God gives us some pretty clear pictures that you should be becoming at all times. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 tells us this, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work. Right? There is a becoming stage. I am changing. I am growing until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You are always becoming something. I'm going to encourage you. Are you becoming the person that God has called you to be? In that marriage, are you becoming the person that God wants you to be? In that singleness, are you becoming the right someone? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned long ago for us. Listen to me. God has taken the time to prepare your path before you ever even took your first breath. I want you to hear this today, that nothing about your life is on accident or by accident. That you have a purpose, that God wants to unveil a journey for you that you could never dream or ask about. But what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for what's next? It's my question because this is what I know is that if you're not preparing, you are unprepared. Right? If you are not preparing, you are prepared to walk into what God has for you. Some of you may be thinking, you know what, I'm done preparing. Like, yo, I, I'm ready. Like, the timer has gone off a long time ago. I'm just waiting for the right someone. Like, God, just let them show up. God, let her walk in my world. And I would just say to you, absolutely not. You are not waiting. Your life is not on pause because you're single. You are not at a stop sign. You should be coming. You should be growing. You should be running. You should be stretching. And that person that comes alongside of you, they better have to run to catch up with you because you are so set on the prize that God has put out in front of you. I believe that to be true today for you. And I'm challenging you today and wanting you to realize that you have a purpose. God has a plan for you. And it's true in your marriages too. Because this is what I want you to know. You should always, I should always be becoming. Why? Because where you are today is not where you will be tomorrow. Right? You are not in the same situation you are today that you will be a year from now. That God has more for your marriage. That God has more for your relationships. And there are seasons that you will walk through that you have not walked through before. And guess what? You're going to need to grow. You're going to need to stretch. You're going to need to change. And my question for you today that I want you to write down is this. Are you becoming the one that the one you're looking for is looking for? Are you becoming the one that the one you're looking for is looking for? That can even relate to you if you're married. Are you becoming the one that the one you're married to is looking for? Are you becoming more like Jesus today? 
Are you becoming more like Jesus in your life? I'm going to challenge you with that today because I just believe it's time that I don't point fingers at Allie and say, hey, you need to change, you need to do this. But I say, oh, no, no, I need to change. God, you need to change my heart based on your word. I can't bear the fruit of the Spirit on my own. It's got to be your word that, that, that transforms me and the Holy Spirit that allows me to exude love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I have to be willing to do that. And that is what's going to remind me and challenge me. Am I becoming the one that I'm looking for is looking for? And I'm just going to challenge you today. I believe that the Bible has some great things to help you become the one that you're looking for. Right? That you can become the one before the someone. That's the title of today's message. The one before the someone. All right? I'm going to help you with that today. I think we could go back to Genesis chapter 2 and see a pattern here that happens before you ever have someone that God wants to work on you first. That God wants to do something in and through you first. Everybody good? About six of us. I said everybody good? Okay, good. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to give you five things I think the Lord is going to show you today. That if you will grasp these, if you will get these, your relationship can be solid. That you can begin to become the one. Everybody good? Okay, the very first thing I want you to write down is this, is that you would have somebody. That there would be somebody, and that somebody would be God. So before you get a someone, there is a somebody that you need to know. And I want to challenge you with something really quick. That I, Again, I'm, I'm an I'm a illustration guy, so you're going to see lots of stuff. So this is somebody, okay? I want you to see that it's God. So if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible tells us right there, it says that then the Lord God formed, right? The Bible tells us right there that then the Lord God formed. So before there was anything, God was something. That God was somebody. That before there was anybody, there was a somebody, and his name is God. That even before Adam was ever was, God was in the first place. And again, you got to see in Scripture, the Bible tells us that before there was ever a person on earth, or as a matter of fact, before there was ever earth in general, guess what? God was there. And there was relationship that was already there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And God has this conversation with himself, and he says this, actually in Genesis chapter 1, back a chapter, verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us, somebody say us. That's a relationship, right? More than one, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So what we see that God does is he takes dirt and he forms it and he breathes into it. And Adam ain't got no belly button, but he's the first bag. Come on, somebody, right? That's what Adam is, right? God breathes his life in him. Come on, you'll get the no belly button like tomorrow, okay? We'll go from that. We won't talk about that today. The first thing Adam realizes, though, when he wakes up, when he is formed, when he is created, is that he is in the presence of God himself. That he's in the presence of somebody before there was anybody. And I want to challenge some of us today that God created us with relationship in mind. That Adam was created to walk with God long before Eve was actually created. I want you to see that. I want you to understand that, that they would hang out together in the garden, they would take walks in the garden, they'd talk about this and that, and I could just imagine for a second Adam walking with God, and guess what, he's bragging, he's like, God, bro, I was real creative with some names, you want to know the name of that guy over there, Hippopotamus, that's the name, like I can imagine God and Adam having this relationship like that, 
This incredible fellowship, this incredible relationship. And I want you to understand that that's exactly what you were created for. That the relationship that you have with God is the most important relationship that you will ever have. And this vertical relationship with God affects every horizontal relationship that you might have. And so you may think, oh, if I can get all my horizontal relationships right, everything will be fine. But I'm just telling you, until you fix the relationship with God, until you acknowledge that you need somebody that's not someone in your life, but you need somebody bigger and greater and more powerful than you. His name is God. His name is Jehovah. Guess what? If you need Him, you need a relationship with Him. Until you realize that, nothing will ever seem right. You'll always seem empty. There will always be like, man, there has to be more there. But it's from God's presence that everything else begins to flow. It's from His presence that everything else is taken care of. And when we're willing to put God first, listen to me, He blesses the rest. Matthew 6, 33 tells us that. That if you will seek first, somebody say first. first. If I will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all of these things will be added unto you. But it's predicated on seeking God first. So I want to challenge you in all of your relationships today. If you want to build a solid foundation for you, you got to have somebody. And that's not just somebody around you. That is the God of the universe that you need to have a relationship with. Adam realized that. He had a relationship with God. He had a relationship with somebody before he ever had someone to do life with. Everybody good? Everybody okay? This means yes in Kentucky if you don't say nothing. All right, good? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, awesome. I want to tell you too that I'm just so thankful that we can have a relationship with God, no matter what other relationships that we might have, that we can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. Is there anybody thankful at Purpose Church at 10.32 a.m. that would say, you know what, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that He made a way. I'm thankful that we can have relationship with God. The Bible says this in Psalm 84, verse 10. I can just imagine Adam being in relationship with God, that he was constantly around him, that he was in his presence, that he was in relationship with him. And I can kind of imagine that, what Psalms 8410 is telling us, that a single day in your courts is a better than a thousand anywhere else. Right? You remember singing that song, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. Did you know what a thousand days is? That's two and three quarters of a year. Two years and three quarters of another year of doing anything else. Guess what? One day in the presence of God is better. And if you've ever been in the presence of God, you know that that is better. There's nothing like being in God's presence. Nothing like being in relationship with our God. And so one, I want to tell you is sometimes I think we come to church and what happens is we go through the motions. We don't experience His presence. We get used to the blessings that we have in our lives. And we lack recognition of what He is actually doing in and around us. And many of us know God, but we've ignored Him. Many of us are around God, but we haven't experienced Him. And I just got to tell you today, listen, God is asking that we would acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior, of his, as His presence, His Spirit, and what He's doing, how He's moving, how He's blessing. I wish I had a church on Sunday morning that would take five seconds and say, thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you're working. Thank you that your presence is here. Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. 
He's saying, he needs you to come back to why he created you. And that was for relationship with him. Everybody good? That's how it's got to start. Okay, next thing is this. We're going to have to move quickly together somewhere. So not only is it somebody, now you got a somewhere. I want you to see that really quick. You got a somewhere. Look at the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. We see that the Bible says that then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And watch what it says, that he placed the man that he had made there. See, Adam, you know what he didn't do? He didn't open up his Airbnb app, type in a zip code, and figure out where he wanted to go, right? That's not what Adam did. Adam went where God told him to go. Adam went where God had placed him. What I want to tell you today is God placed, didn't just place, God, God placed him somewhere, and Adam had to be content in the place that God placed him. I want to tell you that today because sometimes, even though you might not have picked it, doesn't mean that's not somewhere where God wants to use you for his glory. I'm just going to tell you, your family, you know what, your family is crazy. And if you don't think so, guess what, you're the crazy one. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Your family's crazy, and you may think, oh my gosh, this family is crazy. Well, guess what? God has placed you there for a reason. Your job, man, I don't make enough money here. But guess what? I, that may be true, but God has placed you there for a specific reason. You are somewhere on purpose. Don't think it's just by accident that you are where you are. You're at Murray State University, and I'm going to tell you something. It's not by happenstance that you're here. It's by purpose that God has placed you here. Somewhere is where he's placed you. And listen to me. Your favor is not where you would like it to be. Your favor is where God has actually placed you somewhere. I'm going to tell you that you got to acknowledge that. I'm going to acknowledge that I have to have a need of the Savior. i got to have somebody greater than me, better than me, holier than me. i got to be in relationship with God. And then God has placed me somewhere. And when he places you somewhere, I'm going to tell you what he's going to do. He's going to give you some things. So next thing I want you to write down. He's going to give you some things. So he's going to give you some things. We see this in the Bible. We see this right here in Genesis 2. What happens is God placed him in the garden. And then what do we see? The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up. Who made them? Who made them? Not a trick question. There we go. The Lord God made them. And it made them, watch this, grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful. Somebody say, ah. Yeah, just beautiful. You ever look at nature and be like, man, wow, God did that. Right? You ever seen a sunset and be like, woo? I know some of y'all ain't looking at the sunrise because you ain't up that early. Come on, somebody. But sunset, man, you'd be like, wow, man, God did that. God did it. Well, guess what? Adam is experiencing some of that. He's looking around these trees that were beautiful. And guess what? They produced delicious fruit. So what I want you to see is imagine waking up every day as Adam. You're rolling out of your whatever kind of serta bed you got or whatever in the garden. If you can imagine for just a second, he's opening his eyes, not having a worry in the world. You know why? Because God was his provider. Because every day he was waking up, and you know what? There was not a worry because it wasn't dependent on him. It was dependent on the God that he served. Before someone comes in your life, God says, I want to be your somebody. I'm going to tell you somewhere that you need to go. And this is how you know if you're following God's will is that he will give you some things along the way. That he will provide for you even when it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. I'm just telling you it's something that he does. Y'all ever heard that old preacher say, where God guides, God provides. Bless God. Right? I can say it like that. 
right? Where God guides, God provides. That God would not have called you to that place if he wasn't going to grace you and provide for you in that place. And I've got to challenge you with that. If God has called you somewhere, he literally will provide you with some things while you are there. Literally, one of God's names is Jehovah Jireh, which means I am the great provider. Is there anybody thankful today that we serve a God that is not like, oh, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what's happening. No, we serve a God that owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. And guess what? Everything in the world is his. That's the God that we serve. And guess what? When he calls you to a place, when he calls you somewhere, he's going to give you some things. Everybody good with that? Everybody good with that? I want you to see that. I see that even in the Newer Testament When Paul is writing to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he's saying this, God will generously provide all you need. Come on, that's good news today. That's good news today. When he tells you to do something, isn't it good news to know that you're not going at it alone? Isn't it good news to know that you don't have to figure it out yourself, but that we can lean into God because he generously provides all that you need. Now listen to me. I think so many people can take that out of context and say, oh boy, I need me a Porsche. Come on, somebody, right? I need me a big old house. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what you need. I'm talking about what you have in front of you. Guess what? There will always, you always have everything you need, the Bible says, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And plenty left over. Watch this. Not so you can hoard it up yourself. Not so you can be selfish. But watch. To share with others. Now guess what? You're going to have, I'm going to pray that you have more than you need right now so that you can be a blessing to other people. I'm just going to pray that because Paul is reminding the Corinthian church that God is the ultimate source. That God is my strength. That God is the supplier of my blessing. And what I want you to see is it's not your perfect planning. It's not your job. It's not your abilities. It's not even your good looks. Come on, somebody that is providing for you. It is because of God. God is our provider. Come on, is anybody thankful that God is a great provider in this house today? Two more things, and we got to land the plane quickly. Here we go. The last two things is this. Okay, so you got somebody, you got to acknowledge that I need somebody, I need God to be the, the person that I'm building my life on. He's going to call me somewhere, He's going to give me some things, and then He's going to give me something to do. All right? But then He's going to give me something to do. All right? So that, that's another way of saying you got a purpose on your life. Watch what it says right here in uh, verse 15. Then the Lord God placed the man in the garden, watch this, to tend and to watch over it. Did you know that sin didn't happen and then work started? Did you know that actually work was instituted before sin ever happened? So let me just share something with you. You need a job. Ladies, if he ain't got a job, like don't be going out on a date with that dude, all right? Man, this microphone is hot right now. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, listen to me. That that I'm it's the Bible. God gave Adam something to do. God gave Adam a job. Adam was supposed to tend to paradise, name all the animals. Y'all, that ain't a bad gig. But he had to do it. He had a purpose to tend, to work, to be passionate about, to cultivate, to look after. And God, I just came to remind some of you today that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I think a lot of times what happens is we get in this when-then syndrome. Like one day when, then I'll do this. 
One day when I get there, then I'll actually step into what God's called me to do. One day when I have enough money, then I'll actually be able to do that. One day when I have enough time, then I'll actually be able to do this. And I think we get in this when-then syndrome. And what I want to tell you is that your purpose is not a destination. Listen to me. Your purpose is revealed as you tend to what's right in front of you right now. That's what your purpose is. Whatever you do, it's not what you think you ought to be doing or you might not want to be doing. If God has called you to it, watch what Colossians chapter 3 tells us. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Whatever he's called you to, wherever he's called you to, somewhere, however he's provided for you, he's given you a task in the middle of what you're in. To go and make his name famous. And maybe the season that you're in, even if you don't like it, may be part of the purpose that God has for you. What is he trying to teach you? Who are you trying to become? What is God trying to cultivate on the inside of you? And again, I want to challenge some of us today. How do you find that? How do you find out? I don't even know what God wants me to do in this season. You want to know how to do it? Got a real simple way. You ready? Are you ready? Come close to God and God will come close to you. Another version says, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Listen to me. God is not a God that necessarily shouts. God is a God that whispers. How do you hear a whisper? You got to get close. There's got to be some proximity there. There's got to be some relationship there. And again, I I just want to challenge some of us that God has something for you to do in this season. Maybe your season of singleness. Maybe your season of marriage. And it's to glorify and honor him. What is it that he's called you specifically to do? What's he called you to do? And let's land the plane on this. The last thing is this. So somebody wants us to acknowledge that we need somebody being him. He's going to place us somewhere. We got somewhere to be. We got some things that he has given to us. We've got literally something to do. And then this last one is that on relationships, that he's put some limits around relationships. So he's put some limits around relationships. Watch what the Bible tells us. Then the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except, somebody say except, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Watch what the Bible tells us. It tells us, hey, 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 you got all of this, this pleasure within the confines of this circle. But if you step outside of this, watch out because destruction is coming. God puts limits in place. And I think so many times people get frustrated by this. They wonder why God, why would God do that? Like why would God put boundaries around my life? Why would God put boundaries around my relationships? Doesn't God want me happy? And I would just tell you, no, he doesn't. God doesn't want your, God isn't after your happiness. God is after your holiness. He's after you looking more like him. He's after me looking more like him. God gives us limits. God gives us boundaries. God gives us guardrails. And it's for your protection. Just like I would do with our kids. Just like I would do with my four kids. I would give them a square to play in. And I'll outline the boundaries. And I'll say, hey, I need you to stay within these boundaries. It's for your protection. And I want to tell you that God has done the same thing when it comes to our relationships. That again, if you could draw a square around relationships. Guess what relationships would be? Relationship, the one that if you are going to be in a relationship, it would be God honoring that if it would one day lead to marriage, marriage is the square. Okay, if you just imagine for a second, marriage is a square. One man, 
one woman within the context of a biblical marriage, husband and wife. And listen to me, inside this box, go for it. Go for it. Like inside the box, there's intimacy. Inside the box, there is sex. Inside the box, have fun. Go for it. God created it within the confines of the boundary. He says, enjoy it. I created it. I want you to, I want that to be the case that a, a husband and a wife may enjoy sex together, intimacy together within the context of the box of marriage. The Bible tells us that sex is reserved for that context. Man and woman, and listen to me, inside, uh, anything outside of that context of marriage, listen, I know it's going to be harsh, it's sinful and rebellion against God. And I'm saying anything. Guys and girls that ain't married, but you're hooking up before you're married. Men and women who are addicted to pornography. Like man or woman that's involved in the affair with a co-worker at, or at the gym. Homosexuality. Anything outside the box that God is saying, hey, this is the best thing for you. Listen, anything outside of that, it's, 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 it, it will literally lead to regret, pain, eventually death. I just love the fact that, guess what, a lot of times what we do is we say, uh, we go past the accept by God, right? We go past it. We run past it. And you say, hey, I got a relationship with them. God says you can have a relationship with them, except you can't go to that level. That's saved for this box. When you pass that, you're stepping outside of the limits that God has for you. And not having sex before you're married is not for your punishment. It's actually for your protection. That's what I want you to know, that limits protect us so that we don't have to pray for healing for something that we were never intended to do in the first place. That man, I'm, I'm telling you, God sets limits around relationships because he's trying to build something in you. And the last thing is this. Is the last thing, after you set the foundation of this, what I want you to see is that finally, I think if you'll set this as your foundation, then you can be trusted with somebody else. Then you can be trusted with someone else. And I want to tell you that what I think is the most thing that we see in the Bible right there, it says that then the Lord God. So after all of these other things happen, then, somebody say then, then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him someone. I will make him a helper just right for him. And I think what happens a lot of times, and if I could just borrow a little bit of water from the baptistry today. I think what you need to see is that someone, the person that you're in relationship with, I want you to understand, is a vessel for the Lord God. It is a person that God cares about, that loves. That is a lot of water. I'm going to have to dump a little bit of that out in just a second. Okay. They're really full. Okay. I want you to see something. I saw Pastor Mike Todd do this, and I just hope we all get wet in the front row, so it might happen today. And I, I don't do it near the justice I think that he did it, but I think it's a good visual for us today, is that what we, we try to do is that again, I'm asking you the question, who are you becoming today? Are you the someone that someone you're looking for is looking for? What happens is this, is a lot of times we will live our life and we'll say, hey, uh, you know what? I don't really need some of these things down here. I don't really need these limits. No, 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 I'm going to do anything and everything. I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. I can, I can, I can or, you know, my relationships can be all over the place. It doesn't really matter with limits. There are no limits when it comes to me. We can say, hey, you know what? We can pull that out. How many of us know what's going to happen? Right? Or I, I, don't need, I don't need to be like somebody God. I don't want to be in a relationship with God. I don't have to build a foundation on that. 
I can worry about someone. I can worry about all of that. And what I just think begins to happen is this. We begin to make excuses of why we don't need any of these right here. We don't need somebody. We don't need God telling us how to live our life. He, I, I'm going to try and go wherever I want to go, not where you call me to go, God. You thought you would never be there, but then guess what? Every single weekend, you're now there. You're doing your own thing, not where God has called you some things. Oh, it's my job that provides for me. It's me that I'm taking care of, that, that I'm worried about me. Then guess what? All, all this something to do. Ah. I'll get to that one day. I'll figure it out then. Or, or maybe over here, limits again. I, I don't need any limits when it comes to relationship. And you are entrusting someone up here to be built and do life with. But guess what? If you're willing to take one of these and mix them up or get rid of one of them, how many of y'all know it's going to be bad? It's going to be bad, ain't it? Y'all want to see what happens? You want to see what happens? Because this is exactly what happens in relationship. Are you ready? That's exactly what happens. And, and listen, someone that was so full of potential of what God wanted to do in and through them, alongside of you, is literally now drained. Because of the fact that you and I weren't willing to follow the recipe that God has for us. And if you want to become someone, come on, we got to be willing to say, God, it's all about you. I want relationship with you. I know you got somewhere for me. I know that you got some things for me. I know you got something for me to do. And I know that there are some limits in my life when it comes to relationship. And I'm going to follow you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to build on you. And I'm telling you, if you do, then God can actually give you someone. Then God can give you another person that you can do life with be successful so come on we believe that unless we build on the Lord the house will crumble and we're going to be a church that builds relationships we're going to be a church that builds this church on the Lord come on if we agree with that today can we give God a big shout of praise in this place <laughs> so all over this place bow your heads would you close your eyes you're in this place and you've tried everything you tried it all you try to say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get my life together. I'm, I'm going to try and fix all these horizontal relationships. Then I can come to God. And I'll just tell you, our vertical relationship with God is the main thing that you need to take care of today. And you need to understand that God has given you a chance, a second chance. You're here not by happenstance or by accident. You are here for a purpose. And God wants to use you. God wants to come in your life and have a relationship with you that you were created for relationship with God. And you're in this room and you say, hey, I don't have a relationship with him, but I need him. If that's you and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Christ today. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. All of us were those people that, that we thought we could find satisfaction in everything else, but we never could. And it's, be, and it's because, again, we have this thing called sin. But the Bible tells us that even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us, that he gave his life for us. So maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast, and you want to give your life to Jesus today. I want to tell you that Jesus has made a way where you and I could never make a way. And the Bible says that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. And that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to acknowledge that he needs to be the Lord of your life today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Say something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but you can. I want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life and save me? 
Do you forgive me? I want you to be the Lord of my life today. I ask you to be the Savior of my life today. I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you were put in a tomb. And I put my faith and trust in you today. Thank you for giving your life for me. And I ask you to take mine today. If that's you and you're in this place and you just asked Jesus to to save you and come into your life, here's my thing. There is all a, a party going on in all of heaven today that one person comes to Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you that we want to be a church that parties as well and celebrates, but then also walks alongside of you. We love seeing people get connected to Jesus, and then we want to help you live on purpose. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you mind, if you just prayed and received Jesus, would you raise your hand up above your head? You can wave it around like you just do care. You can raise it above your head and wave at me. You can put it right back down. So, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. I just asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life today. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Anybody else? Hey, that's me. Awesome. Well, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. A couple of things. First of all, we're going to celebrate Purpose Church in a second. It's going to with you. But let me just share it with you. We want you to know that we want to be a church that walks alongside of you right now. And you just raised your hand. You said, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. Would you take that salvation card that's right in front of you? That's right there in that seat pocket. And would you fill that thing out? And when we just dismiss in just a second, would you mind coming down to the front on either side of this platform? we got people on both sides of this platform that are willing to say, hey, listen, you can, you can let them know today I said yes to Jesus. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be scared of. It is the best decision. I just believe that that ever, that ever happened in your life. And uh, we want to be a church that celebrates that with you. So if you don't mind grabbing that salvation card, filling that out, or another way you could do that is scan that QR code that's right there in front of you. That would be awesome. I would love to celebrate. So Purpose Church, can you, can you lift your heads? Can you stand to your feet? And as you stand to your feet, can we give God a big ovation of worship today for saving some people in this room? I'm not talking about a little golf clap. Come on. Can we give God a big shout of praise in this place for saving people today?